Welcome to I Thought I'd Be Rich By Now. I'm your host, Deborah. This is the podcast for millennial women who are not where they thought they'd be in life at this point, but we're still here working towards our goals, whatever they may be. I am media obsessed, so this podcast is also a place for me to tell you what I'm watching, reading, and listening to, but I don't want this to just be a one-way conversation. I want to know what you're into at the moment as well, even though I have a list a mile long of all the books I need to read and shows I need to watch, but still, please let me know what I'm missing out on. Please connect with me on social media. All of my handles will be in the show notes. A little bit about me. I'm 34, about to turn 35 in a couple weeks. I honestly can't believe it. However, I promised myself that I would do something for me, and this podcast is something fun and exciting that I've been thinking about for months, so I can't tell you enough how thankful I am that you've chosen to spend some time here. I'll talk a little bit more about me and my journey at the end, but we're here to have fun and talk about our latest obsessions, so let's get into it. Like millions of people, I just watched the finale of Marvel's WandaVision on Disney Plus a few weeks back. I saw someone comment on a poster thread online talking about WandaVision, describing it as the collective watching experience that we needed during this pandemic, and I completely agreed with this. With all the binge watching of shows that we all do nowadays, it is hard to have a collective sustained experience where audience of hundreds of thousands or millions of people around the world are all experiencing something at the same time. Usually we as the audience are on to the next show by the end of the first week that a show comes out because we can binge it all in just a few days. Truly there are so many choices that it is hard for any show no matter how well written or acted it is to stay in the public consciousness or stay as a headline for more than one to two weeks, kind of from what I can tell. Disney's decision to release the show weekly on Fridays allowed us to get excited about it and talk about it online, read other people's theories and reactions, which made it all around a fun experience. It was a little bit of a throwback to our cable days when we all had to wait for, you know, Wednesday or Thursday to get the next episode of our favorite shows. By the way, I do not count myself in the whole, you know, reading theories, coming up with theories portion. I almost never read theories as I hate spoilers for for the most part, even unproven ones, just because it gets into my head and I start not being able to enjoy the show in the moment because I keep thinking, oh, what if this, you know, what if this outcome happens at this person online, uh, you know, thinks might happen and audiences are so savvy nowadays and they're so good at looking into and noticing little things in the storyline so audiences are actually too smart (laughs) because they give things away and I'm a very no spoiler type of person so I don't like hearing spoilers especially when I'm really excited about a show and want to be surprised from week to week So your little no-spoiler recap of the show, of WandaVision, it focuses on Wanda Maximoff, aka the Scarlet Witch, in the Marvel Universe. You will know Wanda if you watch some of the Marvel movies, including Captain America, Civil War, Avengers Infinity War, and Avengers Endgame. You know, those little movies that only like 75% of the world has watched. I'm not a comic book nerd at all, but all respect to you nerds out there. I don't know much about the Scarlet Witch. Honestly, in the Marvel movies, there are so many major stars that I didn't really 
feel this huge presence of Wanda in it. Not that I don't think, you know, she that Elizabeth Olsen did a good job because I really do like her. It's just that there's so many other huge stars in there. It's really hard to stand out. So when I heard that Disney was going to be focusing an entire show on WandaVision, I can't say I was excited. I was kind of like, huh, you know, how is this going to be? Obviously, if you watched it, you know what a great choice it was to focus on Wanda. I don't want to say too much if you haven't watched WandaVision because it's just a really creative and original show. You want to see it. I would suggest don't read any spoilers about it. It's just so good going in blind. And it was really exciting for me because I was truly in the dark for a big chunk of it. I really didn't know what was going to happen next. So it was just such a fun, exciting experience. There are so few actual surprises nowadays in anything, including, you know, movies and TV. So it is really fun to just not know what is going to happen next. I would love to do an episode on some of the greatest pilots of all time, you know, the first episode of any show ever. And I think WandaVision is up there, especially, you know, within the last 10 years or so of you know, one of the best pilots, like this was such a great first episode. And, you know, all of them were awesome. But I really, really loved the first episode of the show. Just in case you don't know, some of the main stars of WandaVision are Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, who revises his role as Vision from the uh, from the Marvel movies, Kat Dennings, who's one of my faves, Katherine Hahn, Tiana Paris, Randall Park, and many, many more. If you haven't watched WandaVision as of yet, you're so lucky. You have all of the episodes now on Disney Plus, so go binge it. You'll probably be done in a day or two max. You should try to spread it out a little bit because once it's over, you'll be sad it's gone, but it was awesome. Okay, I started watching The X-Files a few years ago. So way back in the 90s when I was growing up, The X-Files was on a long list of shows that I wasn't allowed to be watching, but I have a vague memory of one episode that I watched. It must have been at a friend's house where there was no parental supervision because I would have never been allowed to watch it. I started watching it when it was on Netflix. I can watch shows really slowly at times, so it got kicked off Netflix before before I thought I was done season two. So I was excited to see that it was on Amazon Prime and now it is my goal to watch everything that is available on X-Files before it disappears. And I thought I hadn't watched um, the end of season two, but then when I started watching on Amazon, I realized I was wrong. So first of all, I do love the nostalgia of watching a very 90s show. That's when I was a kid. That's when I was growing up. The wardrobe, the setting, and the actors. I just love everything 90s about this. Although David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson are very much faces that I associate with my childhood, although, as I said, I wasn't allowed to watch the show as a kid, I have a recollection of them being everywhere. I remember that The X-Files was a cool show and they were so huge at that time. Something you should know about me is that I am very nostalgia driven. So I love 90 shows and movies, especially thrillers. So The X-Files is a perfect show for me. I really discovered my love for sci-fi in the past, in the 
I would say in the last five to 10 years. So I think I appreciate the X-Files way more now than I would have as a younger person, even if I was allowed to watch it. Obviously, the chemistry between David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson is legendary. It's intense. I love their relationship in this series and the balance of Fox Mulder's intensity and Dana Scully's pragmatism. I was I was thinking about what I was going to talk about on this first podcast. I had to look up the X-Files premiere date and it was in 1993. So to all your listeners out there, you're so lucky to get Deborah's review of the X-Files 28 years later. I'm sure you know nothing about this show, so I'll give you the quick rundown. Fox Mulder and Dana Scully are a team of FBI agents who work for the often forgotten and ridiculed department of the FBI called the X-Files. Fox Mulder, played by David Duchovny, is the person spearheading this department that has them investigating occurrences and events that cannot be explained. Mulder has a very personal reason for believing in aliens and the paranormal, which I won't spoil this almost 30-year-old show for you if you want to go back and watch it. That's how serious I am for no-spoiler recaps at times. The X-Files hits all the right notes for me. So it is a thriller slash mystery show. It has, it's sci-fi and has aliens. It has great chemistry, as I said, between the actors. It's 90s everything. And as a Canadian, knowing that every single U.S. city is just Vancouver, British Columbia and the surrounding area. And I get to play the game of, can I hear that person's Canadian accent? Yes, I can. Uh, I love this show because, I mean, for all those reasons, but it is so fun as a Canadian, just spotting so many Canadian actors and just so many actors in general that are so young at the time before they got their big break or were very well known. So that's a lot of fun. And yeah, I get to see um, Canadian actors that might not be huge everywhere, but for me, I know them. I saw, I think it was in the premiere of season three. Uh, so this actor, Dakota House, who's from a really great Canadian show called North of 60. His uh, name in North of 60 was TV. So that's what I think of every time I see him. And he was like the original bad boy. He was probably the first or one of the first bad boys that I ever remember on uh, watching on television. So it was really fun to see him in season three. And I don't even know if North of 60 was out yet or it was just coming out. So it was just around his debut as an actor. So if you want to watch a great show that everyone already knows is great and there's tons of seasons available. So it's not like nowadays where you can watch a season of a show that has like six episodes. It's gone for two and a half years before season two comes out. The X-Files is there for you on Amazon Prime, at least right now. So it's good to just binge it before it's gone because that's already happened to me. And hopefully I'll get through everything before it disappears again. So in January of this year, just like a lot of people, every new year, you know that same old story. You feel liberated. New year, new me. I wanted to shed some negativity and other crap I was feeling from 2020, but I am a big, big fan of true crime podcasts, and I was listening to them a lot, and 
True crime is very interesting, but it's also very dark and, you know, can be very sad and very scary. And you don't realize it is true, sub, you know, sub, subconsciously you're taking all that negativity and it can make you more fearful and it could just kind of give you like a, I don't know, like a gray cloud over you. Just it's, it's, yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but I, I just felt like, okay, I need to not be listening to this stuff so much, although it's really interesting. So that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to put a hold. I'm not going to be listening to true crime for a little bit. But this recommendation is to tell you how I failed at that because I stopped listening to true crime just for a few months and then it sucked me right back in. Not just any true crime, but I would say my overall favorite true crime podcast, which is Case File. So any, you know, anyone out there who likes true crime has probably heard of Case File. I started off listening to true crime by listening to one story season so a podcast that covers just one crime one mystery for one full season they do a really uh you know do a a deep dive into the story but whenever I would look up what are the best pot you know best true crime podcasts to listen to case file is always on the list but case file um does explores new cases every episode so I just felt like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like that just because I was used to seasons that would do a deep dive into one story alone. But I just thought, okay, I'm going to try it out. This was probably um, mid to late 2020. And I just started with episode one and just kept listening and it kept getting better and better. Just in terms of the storytelling, I believe the the host of case file is anonymous so i think the fans just call him casey and um, he has a great voice for for radio for podcasting and the episodes are very well researched the cases are um very interesting and intriguing so i can't stop listening to case file i'll sometimes just try to like stop for a bit because it is true no matter what no matter how good and well done the show is I don't think anyone should be putting that much negativity into their life each and every day and honestly it can feel a little bit uncomfortable sometimes because they first of all case files is they're very respectful and they do always try to highlight you know just personal and positive things about these victims so that their entire story is not just about this horrible thing that happened to them or their family member. But no matter what, you are still getting some sort of entertainment value out of the worst thing that has ever happened to a person. And it, you know, and I've I've heard other people complain about other podcasts that feel exploitative, exploitive. Yeah, I think that's how you say exploitive. And And I have listened to a true crime podcast that like after you listen to it, you felt yucky. You felt like kind of gross that it was just very much kind of like a tabloid into this person's life who this horrible thing happened. So I don't I don't love that. But Case File is very respectful. They do a really good job. And I think there are probably a lot of um, families and people out there that probably 
are happy and grateful for um, true crime podcasts like this because especially for unsolved crimes, they really, you know, they bring it to the forefront again and and bring some more interest um, into these stories. So Case File is an Australian crime podcast. I believe it is based there. The, the host is Australian and they do cover a lot of Australian uh, crimes, but they do cover um, stories from all over the world. I think Case File has a Patreon now, if I'm not mistaken, or they have something where if you pay, there are some exclusive episodes, but for the most part, the majority of their episodes are free. I would download ones that you're really interested in listening to just because I've heard of other podcasts deleting or getting rid of different episodes for different reasons. So if you really want to listen to something that um, people have recommended about Case File or any other podcast, just download the episode so at least you have it to listen to. But Case File has over 100 episodes, so I'm sure you're fine. Yeah, so as I said, Caseball, they will cover crimes from all over the world. The majority are Australian crimes, but they cover a lot of English and American stories. Um, they have some from Canada, from Japan. I'm trying to think where else I remember. I know they have, uh, I think maybe Spain. They've done, they've covered crimes from all over the place. So just a few recommended episodes. I've missed a lot of them because I wasn't, writing them down, you know, all these months I've been listening, but they've been there have been so many that were very interesting. So some that if you wanted to start with, even though I recommend just starting with episode one, case 37 is a three part episode. It was about the Yorkshire R Ripper. I had this is um, a, a British criminal uh, serial killer. And there is a Netflix documentary series on him but I would really recommend listening to the podcast first it was really in-depth and I had never ever heard of this person which I was shocked so that's a three-part episode I listened to an episode 130 so episode 138 called the Batavia it was from the year 1628 it was a ship that sailed from the Netherlands to um, the coast of Australia. Every time I hear it's a story from many years ago or hundreds of years ago, I'm like, am I going to even like this? And I always end up loving it. And this episode was no different. If you have a long drive to go on, or if you're stuck somewhere like that with a bunch of people, 100% put on this episode. I mean, as long as everyone are an adult, um, put on this episode Everyone will be interested in it, even if true crime is not their thing. Maybe history is something that they're more interested in. And this kind of covers all of those bases. It's just a really, really interesting historical event, basically, that happened. Episode 109 is The Belangelo. And that covers a case in a very famous case from Australia, where between 1989 and 1992, seven backpackers went missing. And they didn't know if these cases were related in any way. And then some new evidence came to light in 1992. So this was an extremely interesting, but very terrifying and very sad case to listen to. And this was a multi-part episode as well. One of the weirdest cases you'll ever listen to, and I got 
like two other people to listen to this was case 106 called Mark and John. Do not look up anything about this case. Just listen to episode 106. It it was, yeah, it was something. As I said, Case File is an Australian podcast and they do cover a lot of Australian stories, but they cover a lot of stories from the United States, from the UK, from, uh, I've listened to a few from Canada. They have um, cases from Japan, from Iceland, and other countries that I, I can't think of right now, but they cover cases from all over the world. I personally find myself most interested in the Australian cases. And I think that's because I just live so far from Australia that I don't know much about their, anything that happens in their country unless it's a major, major worldwide news story. Whereas I'll know certain things about, or a lot more about the US, of course, like Canada's right next door. And also I just think because they're, you know, the they're the US. So everyone around the world knows about things that happen in their country. So I feel like I know a lot of the stories um, or I'm familiar with them a little bit. But for a lot of the Australian ones, I've never heard anything about them before. So I find them to be really interesting. I also think another reason I get really interested in the Australian stories from Case File is because I read a great fictional crime novel a few years ago called The Drive by Jane Harper. So that is my, if you like if you like crime and true crime and, and interesting podcasts like that, then you'll love this book. So that is my recommendation to you. The Dry follows Detective Aaron Falk as he reluctantly returns to his hometown in the Australian outback after a terrible crime happens um, to somebody that he knew from his childhood. And he goes back to attend the funeral of this friend. Obviously, he gets sucked into looking deeper into the crime. Reading The Dry, I felt that Jane Harper's description of the setting to be so gripping. I actually remember, it's really weird, but I remember reading it and like kind of feeling claustrophobic and like so hot because of how she described the setting. She did a really, really great job of just kind of describing oppressive heat and and that was the, the overall setting to the story. So it just really ties into the story when you're reading it. I am definitely not a book critic. All I can say that is if you like thrillers, if you like good writing, <laughs> this is a good book to buy. If you have anyone in your life that uh, enjoys reading and likes these kind of books, this would be a great gift. I did read the follow-up book to The Dry, which followed the same detective. It was called Force of Nature. That was also a really good thriller and really interesting story. So I would recommend that as well. But The Dry just always has a special place in my heart because I loved that experience of reading it. I would read anything by Jane Harper now. I think she's great. 
So a little bit more about me. As I said, I am turning 35 this year. I promised myself in January I would do something for me. I went to school a long time ago for journalism. I love media. I love writing. I've even dabbled with acting. But most of all, I love being a fan of shows, books, pods, etc. I've done a little freelancing in the past, but I've never worked in media the way I had planned. Like many millennials, I got into the workforce in 2008-2009, which if you recall, there was a little dip in the market referred to as the Great Recession. I've worked in various office jobs over the years, and there's a good chance I will for many more, but this pod is my project. I've always kept a little toe in the media sphere, just like a little hobby for my passions to keep them alive. I've gotten the opportunity to work as a PA for a couple of days here and there on set. I've worked in wardrobe. I've had an illustrious career as a background actor. I can point out the back of my head in various shows and movies. Through a wonderful friend of mine, I've had the experience of working on one of the craziest movie sets ever. Maybe one day we'll even discuss it here. I've written freelance for an alternative magazine and got some great opportunities with that little gig, but I never quite made it. I know I'm not alone. Maybe you had a dream or a plan for your career and life, and then it feels like you woke up in your 30s asking yourself, what the hell happened? Weren't you supposed to be rich by now? I know that I absolutely should be so rich. I'm excited to have this outlet to talk your ear off and connect with you and with anyone listening out there who feels the same. Who knows what will come of this, but I'm really happy to be speaking to one of the five of you who may be listening. If you've made it in life, whatever that means, I am really glad for you. If you're like me and have felt adrift in this world for a long time, I don't know what to say to inspire you, but I'm really happy to have you along for the ride. If you've enjoyed the show, please rate and review and share. If you hated it, keep it to yourself. Bye.